our show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there, we give away, uh, and it's all completely free. Again, freetalklive.com. To start things out here tonight, we've got to do what has to be the most requested story of probably of 2007. I th- I would think so. I've I've gotten maybe six requests myself. I haven't I haven't been keeping track, but I've you had probably to... got, you probably got more because more people write you than me. Right, uh, and I haven't even really checked the uh, the show prep email address yet. Here, I'm sure there's just a load of them in there. I got them in all on all of my email addresses and you know instant messages. It was all over the place today. So let's talk about it. Apparently, secession has happened here in America. Now, it hasn't happened in the way you might think it would have. And, of course, that tends to be how history works out. It doesn't usually end up happening the way people necessarily think it's going to. Uh, nobody really predicted the fall of the Berlin Wall or the uh, d- dismemberment of uh, the Soviet Union. And, and here, I don't think anybody saw this one coming. Uh, the AFP reports that the Lakota Indians, who gave the world legendary warriors Sitting Bull and Crazy Horse, have withdrawn from treaties with the United States, its leaders said yesterday. We are no longer citizens of the United States of America, and all those who live in the five-state area that encompasses our country are free to join us, longtime Indian rights activist Russell Means told a handful of reporters and a delegation from the Bolivian embassy gathered in, uh, gathered in a church in a run-down neighborhood of Washington for a news conference. Now, I'd like to add here that Russell Means, the person who is their spokesman, he is a longtime libertarian activist. Uh, he, in fact, had thrown his hat into the, the ring for the Libertarian Party's presidential nomination at least once, maybe a handful of times. Uh, I don't believe he ever took a, I don't think he's ever actually won the nomination, but he's definitely been out there uh, working very hard for liberty. So I'm, I'm well aware of who this guy is, and he's a super activist from what I understand. Anyway, a delegation of Lakota leaders uh, delivered a message to the State Department on Monday announcing they were unilaterally withdrawing from treaties they signed with the federal government of the United States, some of them more than 150 years old. Of course, they didn't sign those treaties, and the United States isn't actually an entity, but that's a whole other story. Nonetheless, they visited the Bolivian, Chilean, South African, and Venezuelan embassies and will continue on their diplomatic mission and take it overseas in the coming weeks and months, they told the news conference. I guess their purpose of going to these embassies was to basically announce themselves as a separate country. Right. Well, you wouldn't announce it to the United States. You'd announce it to all the other countries because once enough countries uh, uh, respect it, then I guess they would think that the United States would. Right. And so, as I understand it, they've been fairly well received uh, by these other countries. And that may have something to do with the fact that no one really uh, internationally really likes the, uh, the United States government anymore. The new country would issue its own passports and driver's licenses, and living there would be tax-free, provided residents renounce their U.S. citizenship, said Means. Lakota country includes parts of the states of Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, and Wyoming. The treaty signed... Now, the- I had once heard that, uh, that, that there was a, a Black Hills secession previously, or something like this. That The, 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 the feds same went- tribe, Lakota? Uh, it, yeah, from what I understand, Lakota, Black Hills is uh, in the Lakota area. Uh, what about it? I, I had heard that there was a uh, secession over there previously or some kind How of secession. How long ago? Over, uh, man, like the mid-early 80s, something mm. like that. 
I don't know. Well, if you know anything more about that, you're welcome to chime in here at 1-800-259-9231. And also, if you just want to um, weigh in and give us your opinion on, you know, do you, will these guys be successful? Uh, do you expect to see what so many have suggested will happen here in New Hampshire if New Hampshire secedes or Vermont secedes? And that is a, uh, you know, the, the federal government rolling in tanks and bringing in the National Guard or something like that to, to quash the rebellion, if you will. Do you expect the feds are going to make any moves? I don't expect to see that. No? I just don't know. You think the feds are just going to sort of ignore this and hope that they'll just go away? Pay their taxes or something? I, I would think they uh, that would probably be their best move. Well, the new country, uh, again, the treaties, here's what they said. The, uh, the treaties signed with the United States are merely worthless words on worthless paper. That's certainly how the United States has treated its uh, treaties with Indians in the past. That's what they're basically saying, that the treaties have been repeatedly violated in order to steal our culture, our land, and our ability to maintain our way of life. The reborn freedom movement says, Means says, uh, this Russell Means says, the withdrawing from the treaties was entirely legal. This is according to the laws of the United States, specifically Article 6 of the Constitution, which states that treaties are the supreme law of the land, he said. It's also within the laws on treaties passed at the Vienna Convention and put into effect by the U.S. and the rest of the international community in 1980. We're legally within our rights to be free and independent, said Means. I don't see why they wouldn't be. Um, I guess... A problem I would have is suppose there's a certain contingent within the uh, uh, Lakota tribe that says, well, we don't – and I'm just going to assume, I don't know, that the land that they're uh, seceding with is on their own reservation. I don't know that that's true. There could very well be people's land inside that res- – uh, you know, the area that, that they're uh, supposedly seceding that doesn't even belong to them. And I don't think they have the right to secede for anyone but themselves. Well, what they've said here is that if you live within those states, you can join their secession by renouncing your U.S. citizenship and essentially becoming a a citizen of the Lakota tribe or something, or whatever it is they're calling their um, place. As long as uh, they're seceding for themselves individually um, on land that they individually have control of, I'm fine with that. I've actually emailed Russell Means at this point to see if we can get him on the show to really iron out these uh, points because okay. I'm curious and I know that our listeners probably want to know, know a little bit more than this uh, national press article is going to um, to reveal. Mm. So we'll see if he responds. I haven't heard anything back yet. Uh, let me continue here with this story, though. He says it's also within the laws at the Vienna Convention. Uh, we're legally within our rights to be free and independent. The Lakota relaunched their journey to freedom in 1974 when they drafted a Declaration of Continuing Independence. This may have something to do with what you might remember from the past, Mark. An overt play on the title of the United States, Declaration of Independence from England. Thirty-three years have elapsed since then because it takes a critical mass to combat colonialism, and we wanted to make sure that all our ducks were in a row, said Means. One duck moved into place in September when the United Nations adopted a non-binding declaration on the rights of indigenous peoples, despite opposition from the United States, which said it clashed with its, uh, with its own laws. Phyllis Young, who helped organize the first international conference on indigenous rights, said that we have 33 treaties with the United States that they have not lived by. They continue to take our land, our water, and our children. The U.S. government has been guilty ever since the very beginning of screwing over the Indian people, the the natives of America. Yeah, well, you know, they're probably... they're tired of it. they're, They're probably the worst treated group in the United States. I'm not saying that they're the... 
that, that they're terribly uh, bad off compared to other people in other parts of the world. But as far as a group of people goes, I bet you the American Indians are the, the, the worst treated. They really are. In fact, uh, he goes into some statistics here that the U.S. annexation of Native Americans, Native American land has resulted in once-proud tribes such as Lak- the Lakota becoming mere facsimiles of white people, said Means. Oppression at the hands of the U.S. government has taken its toll on the Lakota, whose men have one of the shortest life expectancies, less than 44 years mm. in the world. They're living in America, but they have that short of a life expectancy. Lakota teen suicides are... It doesn't a, sound to me like they're going to do any worse on their own. Uh, teen suicides are 150% above the norm for the United States. Infant, infant mortality is five times higher than the U.S. average, and oh. unemployment is rife, according to the Lakota Freedom Movement's website. Uh, well, the, I don't know. I mean, they each get a, a little check, from what I understand, from the government. That's the problem. Right. That is the reason. That's what uh, John Stossel had pointed out, and, and he actually interviewed Russell Means, as I recall, for one of his specials. Oh, I don't know. It's probably been seven years now. It was called John Stossel Goes to Washington. And it was brilliant because what he pointed out was he did a compare and contrast between two different situations with differing Indian tribes in this country. One tribe had managed to basically tell the government to go flip off. They didn't secede from the union or anything like that. They just said, look, we don't want your government money anymore. Mm-hmm. And they, they just disconnected themselves from the, the Bureau of Indian Affairs or Land Management or whatever it is. I think it's Indian Affairs. Yeah. And so they didn't take the welfare checks anymore. And after that, after the uh, the welfare checks stopped, new houses started going up. New businesses started opening. People were sobering up. And they compared that to an Indian reservation that was on welfare, that that is on welfare. And it was just... It was just awful living conditions. People jobless and drunk in the streets. And again, similar uh, similar situations here with teen suicides up, unemployment rife, five times in, five times higher infant mortality. I mean, these these people have it really bad. So now they're doing something about it. They're telling the U.S. government, "Screw you. We want to be free and independent." And I ask you, what's wrong with that? This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, completely free, so enjoy those on us, including the updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. Uh, That is updates. Dot freetalklive.com. The SACL CAI toll-free line is 800-259-9231. And speaking of SACL CAI, businesses, banks, healthcare providers, ed- educational institutions are plagued by a burgeoning rate of consumers who fail to pay their bills. You might think this debt only affects those industries and businesses, but when people don't pay their bills... All consumers pay the penalties, which are manifest through increased prices everywhere. So if you have or know of any businesses that require assistance with collections, tell them to call the experts at SACL CAI for a no-obligation, no-cost proposal. They reposition companies to zero in on principal operations and regain their financial foundation. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That is SACL CAI. So... We've pretty much given you all the information that we have at this point about the Lakota Indians essentially seceding from uh, the United States. They've called it at uh, you know Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, and Wyoming, and that if you live in any of those areas, you can join their movement. Now, they can't force you to secede, obviously. You'd have to renounce your citizenship 
and then join their little new country, I guess. I don't know if it's a country or what they're calling it. I mean, we're, we're kind the of... nation. I, I, country seems like the right word to me. The, the, the uh, Lakota nation. I don't know. Um, I would like to, uh, you know, on behalf of Free Talk Live, recognize the Lakota Nation. That's a good idea. Yep. Yeah. Me Free too. Talk Live recognizes the Lakota I, Nation. I don't really believe in nations, but, you know, I, I recognize the, uh, the concept of pulling away from the United States, and I absolutely support them uh, in doing that. Some people, of course, are obviously speculating about what the United States government people are going to do as a result of this. I, I wonder if they will do anything. Uh, are they going to roll in tanks, uh, bring in the troops, and put down this Indian rebellion? Or are they going to sit back and pretend like nothing's happening? Are they going to selectively prosecute the leaders, snatch them up off the streets? I mean, who knows what's going to happen next? This is pretty unprecedented in the history of this country. Well, there's been uh, more than one uh, secession movement in this uh, country's history. and But who has actually seceded? Well, nobody's seceded well, from the United States. these guys just did. Well... Then the South seceded. Okay, well, they weren't allowed to, to secede because then the North went well, in with... It remains to be seen whether these guys will be allowed to secede. All right, well, we'll follow the story as best as possible and do our best to uh, to actually get Russell Means, one of the instigators in this case, on the phone to, to tell us about I it. Would, I would like to give a little advice to the Lakota Nation, if I might. Don't fire on any U.S. bases. That's Probably what happened with idea. the South. Yeah. Is, you know, they seceded and then they decided, oh, Fort Sumter's out there full of those darn union people let's shoot at them and that that, was that the only reason for that they just wanted to shoot at some well, northerners I, exactly why who knows i mean you know the, a whole nation seceded it's full of people why did yeah. they fire eh, it's difficult to say it's lost in the fog of history toll free number 800-259-9231 let's go on screen to the amp line who's this you're on free talk live this is fish fish calling from where uh virginia what do you want to talk about fish I want to talk about salvia. Salvia, the l- currently legal drug, though I believe there are a handful of states that are either close to or perhaps have passed uh, some sort of a uh, salvia ban. But in most cases, uh, this is a drug that your average 18-year-old can get their hands on pretty much anywhere in America. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Well, one of the first things I wanted to point out, and I don't, um, I'm listening to a sh- uh, podcast. I'm kind of not through it yet. But, yeah, you guys keep referring it to salvia. And... I believe the word salvia in Latin is sage. Sage? Uh, salvia, yeah, it's actually salvia divinorum, which is divine or sage. Okay. It's just a, it's a specific type of, of sage. Okay. Part kinds of sage. Anyway, um, but uh, it's available here. You guys actually read a story from my area, from a local news uh, station, probably about a year ago. Um, and uh, I wanted to call back then. I just haven't gotten around to it. And now that I've had have the opportunity you guys happened to be talking about it yesterday. I was kind of wanting to call and share my experience with it. By all means. What was your okay. experience? Go ahead. It was it was similar to that, uh, which the guy who called a few days ago talking about it. Um, he, he had mentioned it was one of the most intense um, psychedelics he's ever experienced. Um, I'm not really experienced in the way of psychedelics. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, I've, I've done a few here and there, but I can tell you that this thing is probably the most intense thing I've ever felt. So what, did you pretty much, I mean, the, the, the earlier caller had described that he completely lost track of who he was, this world, etc. Yeah. He was in a, like a totally different dimension. I was, 
uh, I had an image. I, I actually stopped doing it. I did it about maybe 10 times total uh, over a period of uh, a couple of weeks, two to three weeks. Um, did a whole lot of research before I, I, before I attempted it. But uh, I, I don't like the idea of calling it a drug. I don't like the idea of, uh, to, to me, it's not, it's not something that you can use recreationally. Um, it, I'm not really a spiritual person, but mm-hmm. I would say that this was a spiritual thing. Well, it's, it's appropriate that you bring this up. I mean, since we just finished talking about the Lakota Indian tribe, uh, salvia divinorum has been used historically by Indian shamans, uh, essentially, to transverse the different uh, universes or whatever and go on these shamanic journeys, essentially. Uh, and again, I'd like to uh, to point out the, uh, the the requisite warnings here that we're not recommending that you uh, that you take this particular product. But we, I'm recommending against it. But we are talking about it because we understand that people will, and uh, and sharing those stories can be interesting and illuminating. And of course, if you are going to do something like this, it's highly recommended you do your research. Uh, Arrowhead.org is a good website to go and and read up more on on any drug. Um, How do you, you spell that? Because I never can remember. E R O W I D. Now, was it Fish? That was your name? Yes. Yeah, now, Fish, were you uh, were you alone when you tried this drug? Uh, not the first time, um, not the second time, not the third time, but I got to the point where I was comfortable with it only because um, I, I did not envision myself. I did it in a, in a, in a fashion in which I was, I was, first of all, I was on my back after where I, I did, it, did it quickly and got on my back as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be caught, you know, on, uh, sitting in a chair because you could easily fall over. Um, okay. So in my in my experience, laying down was, is uh, is of importance, not just for comfort level, but also for safety. Purposes. Now, when you said that this isn't, in your opinion, a recreational drug, um, what do you mean by that? Uh, well, first of all, obviously, it only it only lasts like 15 minutes. Um, you know, if you're looking for something recreational, you're looking for something a little bit longer term than that. I think I could. I mean, I could. I would say that it's probably not a social drug in that you know when you're in the experience, you aren't going to be able to communicate with anyone. Uh, sure. But but at the same time, I I would say there are probably a number of people that use it to uh, to recreate. I mean, they they're looking they're looking to get high. Exactly, and that's and that was actually my my reason for because I read about it. Somebody told me about it, and I read about it. I was like, wow, something legal. <laughs> so I tried it, and I was lucky the first couple of times. Didn't really, I couldn't figure it out. But by about the third or fourth try, I really started getting the grip of around how how it worked. Here's what I'm most curious about, and the final question, I guess, is: uh, Do you ever think you'll do it again? I don't think. Uh, it's tough to say. I, I had I, my experience, uh, like I said, it was a spiritual thing. It, it was it was to a level where I was scared that I was going to see something I might not like. Interesting. Fish, thanks for the story. More on the way you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features are for free, and they include the bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts to surf around through. Lots of stuff to talk about there, and it's all for free. bbs.freetalklive.com. We'll get you to it. bbs.freetalklive.com. Sound money is under attack. 
the Liberty Dollars offices were raided by the FBI and the Secret Service on November the 14th, 2007. All of its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to LibertyDollar.org and sign up for their updates. Register for the class action lawsuits. It's actually not a class action lawsuit anymore. It's individual lawsuits. That's true. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. That's LibertyDollar.org. 800-259-9231. We go right into your phone calls. It's the show about your calls. Let's talk to Dave in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hey, Dave. Hey, guys. What's on your mind? First of all, Lakota was wearing the Pine Ridge happened. What's Pine Ridge? When Leonard Pelletier got arrested for supposedly killing two FBI agents. I see. I've seen uh, I've seen bumper stickers to uh, free him, free yeah. Leonard Pelletier, but I don't know anything about the guy. Yeah, I know, I've never heard of the case. I, I, I looked him up on Wikipedia and still just don't yeah. know much about it. What happened yeah. there exactly? He uh, allegedly killed FBI agents, but people... Yeah, and two, Brio Galassu, who wanted white man's law, and... He was there protecting the uh, no way it was Ogala Sue that wanted white man's law, Lakota Sue that wanted native or traditional law. Hmm. I'm part Native American myself, so I So see. there was it was like two two of the uh, Indian nations were sort of uh, at odds at what they wanted. Yeah. So how do you feel about this, Dave? And the Lakota Indian tribe has essentially seceded from the United States over a uh, fairly large uh, chunk of the United States, uh, five states included here. How do you feel about this? Well, our people have been oppressed by the government a lot mm-hmm. and forced on the reservation, so I feel pretty good about it. Now, you're in Ohio, so um, are you are you planning on moving out there and, and joining them or just cheering them on from where you're at? Just cheering them on from here. Good. I right think it's now. exciting. I think it's something that people in America all around the country should be paying attention to. I'll I don't tell you know what, how much no taxes? That's a yeah. huge boon. I yeah. mean, they're claiming no, that you have to pay no taxes. Americans pay a tremendous amount of their incomes in taxes. Yep. There, there's all kinds of reasons that if you're in South Dakota, North Dakota, uh, Montana, Wyoming, and Nebraska right now, that you should be seriously considering uh, this and taking a close look at it and following it and, uh, and joining up with these uh, the, the Lakota Indians. I mean, I... Yep. If I ever save up the money, I'm going to Six Nations in Canada and out west for a while. Very cool, Dave. Thank you for the call tonight, as always, sir. 800-259-9231. Russell Means is the one of the the, the Indians uh, behind this secession movement, and hopefully we'll be able to get in touch with him, get him on the show, and ask him, you know, what's the next step here? What will happen if the United States government decides to in some way intervene or you know contend that no you can't secede that's not allowed we didn't let it happen in the 1800s and we're not going to let it happen today of course they're not seceding as a you know one of the the member states of the union they're seceding as their own country basically in the 1800s uh you could slaughter indians uh you know without you could send the army out and slaughter them without any kind of uh retribution from the public but now that we have cameras and the news is that we have 24-hour cable news and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, there's going to be a, a and and a lot of Americans, a great deal of Americans are very sympathetic towards uh, Native Americans, um, you know, Indians. I don't like sure. Uh, they're from they're at least somewhat familiar with their plight, if not from just watching Hollywood movies. If well, if not that, but I mean, a lot of them have uh, you know Indian blood, and they you know they they. they 
they support these people. So if you just send the army or national guard in there and uh, start locking people up, uh, start shooting people, that's going to be bad. It's, these guys had better be ready to use violence to protect their nation. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Want to hear from you on this, especially if you're against their secession movement and think it should be somehow put down, or maybe you think it will be. What do you think the steps uh, will be that the United States government people will take in this particular instance? Are they just going to sit back and watch it all happen, and you know, continue sending them income tax bills, and then just pick them off one by one as they don't pay? Will they make some sort of overt show of force? Ignore them completely. I am very curious to see what uh, what goes on here. But in the meantime, we continue well, covering. Well, what I was thinking is, what if a major company moves? Uh, um, it happens to be out in that general vicinity. There has to be one, right? Five states, got to be a company or two out there, right? And um, what if they say, "Hmm, yes, we're part of this Lakota Nation too, sure. and we won't be paying any more taxes, and neither Great. will any of our employees." That is going to be a big, big issue to the United States government. I would like to, uh, when I get, if we get Russell Means on the phone, and I have no idea how easy this will be, but I imagine it might be not too difficult, uh, I would love to find out if it's possible to open up some Lakota Indian tribes in other states, you know, um, basically. Lakota Indian tribe uh, franchises? Well, well, I mean, do you have to be living in this five-state area in order to be part of the Lakota Indian tribe? I would suspect that that's what uh, has been given to them through treaties or, you know, that kind of thing, so that's sort of you know, what's theirs. I don't know. But what about the Lakota that are living elsewhere in the country? You know, don't they have the ability to... If they want to, to be a part of the Lakota Nation, they better head on over to the Lakota Nation. Hmm. I don't know. That's just my, That's just the way I see it. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know anything about the legalities or whatever is uh, the, the legal wrangling and, or mechanisms that are behind all of this, but they seem to think that they've got a really solid case. And so we'll see what happens here. I hope they do. Um, 800-259-9231. Uh, all the way... There's an interesting little piece that I found from back in the 1950s. Mm. It was a Disney video about the ah. future of the roadways, the future of the America of America's highway system. I'm very interested and in that. And it's fascinating stuff. We'll get to that. But first, in a related story, from the Telegraph in the United Kingdom, looks like the U.K. is going to be stepping up the rules when it comes to cell phones in the car. Okay. You've uh, no doubt, if you've been listening to this show or been paying attention to the news, you know that there's a handful of uh, state governments here in America that have passed cell phone restrictions uh, to where if you're going to use a cell phone in your car, you have to have a headset in, that sort of thing. If you are spotted using a cell phone, the Even police... though headsets uh, don't notably in any way change people's reaction time when sure. it comes to using phones, um, obviously... People don't like uh, – I've seen bumper stickers, shut up and drive and, and that kind of thing. You know, when you think about somebody talking on the cell phone, they're probably about as impeded as a drunk driver. Um, I don't know about that. That's, uh, that's what some of those studies have said. I don't know really? anything beyond that. Yeah. I thought the studies that I've seen said that uh, cell phone use isn't any more dangerous than changing channels on the car radio. I guess I should have made clear that uh, you're talking about point zero eight, um, you know, what they call drunk driving, which isn't in fact drunk oh, driving. You know, I what, see. What the, the government considers <laughs> drunk and what we consider uh, you know, drunk is something entirely yeah. different. I was going to say, to suggest that being S-faced and behind the wheel uh, and versus getting, or as compared to getting on a cell phone is the same thing? No. Not at all. 
Uh, obviously, people around the country, probably millions and millions of them, use cell phones safely while driving every single day. But nonetheless, state governments have banned it. Uh, we're seeing these bans becoming more popular as one state government finds out that it can make money off of this. Because, again, you, you find the people that are violating and then they, you cash in, basically, off of the cell phone users. That's, that's what they're really trying to do. They really just want another revenue source. They don't really care about keeping you safe. But the U.K. is going to take it a step further. Motorists caught using handheld mobile phones while driving could be jailed for two years under tough new guidelines issued today by prosecutors. It's crazy. Drivers who adjust sat-navs, tinker with MP3 music players such as iPods, or send text messages at the wheel could also face prison sentences. <laughs> Prosecutions will be brought uh, if the, by... If they m- play with their satellite navigation device. That's correct. Uh, prosecutors will be, uh, will, prosecutions will be brought if, if by using the equipment a motorist is judged to have posed a danger to other drivers, such as causing another car to swerve. Using a handheld mobile phone while driving was outlawed in 2003, but it's estimated that half a million motorists flout the ban each day. Can you believe the gall of these individuals thinking they can just ignore the diktats of their mommy government? Well, they're gonna get shown. The mommy government's going to put them in a jail cell for their lawlessness. 800-259-9234. So, what you in for, Mark? I was talking to my grandma. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. (laughs) This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Go and get your last-minute shopping done. I don't think it's too late at this point to get stuff delivered by uh, Christmas, but you probably have to pay a little extra for shipping. Go to amazon.freetalklive.com, and anything that you purchase, whether it be a new item or even a used item, Free Talk Live will get a percentage. It's the same great prices, same great Amazon. It's just our special little entrance that gets you in and gets us a cut. That's amazon.freetalklive.com. All right, back to the United Kingdom, where prosecutors apparently can just make their own law or guidelines or whatever. This didn't require an act of their Congress over there, Mark, or their uh, their parliament. This was prosecutors that just decided that, okay, now uh, if you're caught using a MP3 player or on your cell phone in your car, you could be spending up to two years in prison. And that's nuts uh, that they could even – I mean, how did they become uh, lawmakers? Well, it's a different system over there, Mark. I they're don't not propose to know what the, – They're not. Well, they're, these are sentencing guidelines, uh, apparently. Prosecutors – say here that, uh, again, they outlawed handheld mobile stuff while driving back in 2003, but still, over 500,000 motorists flout the ban each day, say they. Existing guidelines restricted prosecutors to pursuing only a charge of careless driving, for which the maximum fine is 5,000 pounds, along with up to nine points on a motorist license. But under the new rules, drivers would be charged with dangerous driving, which carries a maximum sentence of two years in jail. It's believed that by increasing the penalties, drivers will start to take the law seriously. Now, have drunks started to take the law seriously with the DUI situation in America? It's pretty serious what happens to you if you uh, do get a, um, a, even your first DUI, mm, let but, alone after that. But yet it seems to me, Mark, that DUI 
uh, people that are busted for DUI, it seems like they're very likely to get busted a second and a third time. Have you noticed that? Well, I would say that we probably bust more people for DUI now, too. Because of the .08? Just because they're looking for it. Well, my point being here that... They're not if, looking for dangerous driving. They're just scouring the town, stopping people randomly looking for DUI. Well, we know they're doing that, and that's awful, and it's certainly anti-freedom, and, but it's a whole other issue. But my point here is to suggest that increasing the penalties doesn't really do anything to uh, to increase compliance. And well, d- as, long as, as long as people realize that there's a penalty for whatever it is that they're doing, um, they likely, and, and, and they consider it wrong, they'll likely... Um, you know, not do it. Increasing the penalty, like, for instance, I don't think there's much difference between giving someone uh, 15 years in prison and giving them the death penalty. They don't want to do it. Who would want to do that? That's true. But here was what I was going to say, is that when it comes to someone getting busted for DUI, they go into the system, they get punished, and it's usually pretty awful, in many cases losing a a driver's license and having to do some level of time or paying a very, very large fine. The government sure benefits from it, though. Well, yeah, the government benefits from it, but you would think that if that were pretty... I mean, it's pretty harsh when you get caught for a DUI. You'd think that if it were that harsh, that if they didn't realize it beforehand, maybe they didn't know what the law was beforehand, Mm -hmm. after they'd been through that, they would understand, right, whoa... I never want to do this again. I'm swearing off liquor. No more of this. I'm done. But no, they get popped a second and a third and a fourth time. They'll go out and they'll drive even without a driver's license because Some I don't know why. Will. It's just my point here is that they're wrong. I don't think that by increasing penalties, uh, drivers will start to take the law more seriously. I mean, there are countries where it's the death penalty for dealing drugs. You think you can't get marijuana in, in those countries? Of course you can. So, I don't know if I agree with him on that one. In fact, what it might do is increasing the penalties just might tell people that there's no justice in this world. So, you know, no real justice at least. So, who cares what you do? If you're going to break the law, go ahead and do it anyway. Well, you know, there wouldn't be a a real justice because, as far as I'm concerned, that's that's too harsh a penalty. Secondly, you know, uh, it's, it's so arbitrary. When you're talking about penalties that big, the cops are less likely to enforce it because they're going to consider it unfair. So, therefore, it's um, it's going to be even more arbitrary and rare for a person you to get You think the it. cops are going to be less likely to enforce this? Some. Some and sometimes. I don't know. They're probably going to get a fine, too. It's probably going to be jail plus a fine, but it doesn't make that clear. Anyway, the Parliamentary Advisory Council says this sends a clear message to motorists. Don't mix driving and communicating, just as you would not drink and drive. This is long overdue. At last, the law has caught up with the reality of the road, with too many people using their phone while driving. But Paul Big, spokesman for the Association of British Drivers, says, This does seem over the top. I would never condone using a handheld mobile and would never do it myself, but existing laws cover it, and there are plenty of other things which are distracting. The new guidelines mean prosecutors will be able to go for a dangerous driving charge, uh, which carries the punishment of an unlimited fine. So there you go. They will be able to go for a dangerous driving. That doesn't mean they necessarily will. More arbitrary, just crap. Well, they're going to go for it because they can have an unlimited fine on that one, whereas the other one was capped at 5,000 pounds. Uh, And again, the two-year jail term. 5,000 pounds. In addition, drivers who kill while using mobile phones could be charged with causing death by dangerous driving, which carries a 14-year jail term. That might be something different. Uh, You know, if, if in fact, you are... Doing distracted driving, you know, you're distracted while driving. That that's something entirely different. But well, yeah, bringing harm to another person is is an issue, and that definitely deserves to be handled. But I don't know if talking having on the a phone, cell phone, yeah, like having a cell phone a in your hand. I don't know if that if I can qualify that in my mind as distracted right. driving. What, d- should you spend more? Should you spend more time in jail 
if you killed somebody with your vehicle by being on the phone versus being tired, really, you're hurting the person and you're or you're you're taking their life from them. Shouldn't the punishment shouldn't the punishment be pretty uniform in that particular case, regardless of what your circumstances were? Because it's irresponsible to get behind the wheel while tired, just like it's irresponsible to get the, behind the wheel while drunk. I'm just asking. If you've got an answer, 800-259-9231. A new offense causing death by careless driving is to be created under the Road Safety Act due to come into the force uh, due to come into force early next year. So, you know, it goes on, but they're cracking down, and it's just getting worse. The idea here is that you can't make decisions for yourself. You're just a little baby, a little child, and you can't make uh, your own choices as to how to get behind the wheel and drive. Even though you might have been driving for years safely with a cell phone, now you are risking a jail term uh, for doing it in the U.K. And I'd say, you know, Mark, it's not going to be long before New Jersey or New York or California or some other gov- pick this you know, crap up. U.S. government decides to uh, to make a move in this direction as well. So just just watch and wait. It'll happen. Let's go to the phones in the meantime and talk to Christian in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Christian in New Jersey. Going once. Christian in New Jersey. Going twice, he's gone. 800-259-9231. Here's a couple quick fun uh, points for you here. That has nothing to do with driving, but does have to do with this global climate change stuff that the world is so abuzz about. And, of course, uh, some people have uh, pointed out that the Al Gore movie was little more than just political it's a political movie, basically. I have yet to see it myself. I probably won't ever bother because I don't really waste my time with propaganda. Uh, but nonetheless, there's an interesting story here. It's almost a religion, really, because um, these people have such faith in what they're being told. Right. And they don't question it. They don't look at the um, you know all the facts that surround it. They just say, yes, it's uh, global warming is man is caused by man, and it must be so, and we can do something about it, and let's just revert to worldwide socialism is really what uh, the solution seems to be. Well, apparently some controversy was uh, stirred up when some teachers in Great Britain decided to show the movie in class, and they were then ordered to read some inaccuracies off prior to showing the movie, because it's essentially... At, at least the government in, in, uh, your, in the government in the UK has decided recognizes that, that it's um, it's propaganda. Know, yeah. yeah, and so here are some of those points that they have to uh, to, to read to the kids. Point number one is the film claims that melting snows on Mount Kilimanjaro evidence global warming. The government's own expert was apparently forced to concede this is not correct. Two, the film suggests that evidence from ice cores proves that rising CO2 causes temperature increases over 650,000 years. The court found the film was misleading. Over that period, the rises in CO2 lagged behind the temperature rises by 800 to 200 years. Yep. The film, number three, uses emotive images of Hurricane Katrina and suggested this has been caused by global warming. The government's expert had to accept that it was not possible to attribute one-off events to global warming. As though hurricanes are more likely because, I don't know. Number four, the film shows the drying the up hurricane of... since Katrina. The film shows the drying up of Lake Chad and claims this was caused by global warming. And their expert also had to accept that that was not the case. The film claims a study showed that polar bears had drowned due to disappearing Arctic ice. Turns out that Mr. Gore had misread the study. In fact, four polar bears drowned, but it was because of a particularly violent storm. Six, the film threatens that global warming could stop the Gulf Stream, throwing Europe into an ice age. The claimant's evidence was that this was a scientific impossibility. 
The film, also number seven, uh, blames global warming for species losses, including coral reef bleaching, and the government could not find any evidence to support this claim. Uh, finally here, the film suggests that the Greenland ice covering could melt, causing sea levels to rise dangerously, and the evidence is that Greenland would not melt for millennia. More on the way. Hour two's coming up. Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching an hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Rolling right into your phone calls. Uh, Let's go to Christian. Trying him again. He's back on a landline this time, apparently. Christian in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live. Uh, hi, guys. Hey there. Hey there. Uh, I uh, just wanted, I had two things I wanted to tell you. First, um, I love the bed music you guys use for your <laughs> intros. That's uh, the good. First, the first time in a decade I've heard Grip Inc. So that's oh, great. yes. Grip Inc. is a fine, fine band. Yeah, you, I can't find their CD. I actually emailed the band on MySpace and never emailed me back. I can't buy their music anywhere. Well, try try the torrent websites. You might be able to find it there or on file sharing. That's the way to do it. Ian, okay, and then as to the show, um, I love your show. I uh, nice. actually went went around looking for radio shows that supported Ron Paul back in around April, mm-hmm. and uh, I first stumbled across uh, <clears throat> the Alex Jones uh, show, which quickly just became unlistenable after maybe two or three days. Why is that? But he does report. Uh, but he does support uh, Ron Paul. He does. That's what. That's how I found him uh, at first. Well, he's he's completely insane. And <laughs> the reason why I call to tell that because I, I'm a podcast listener, and mm-hmm. I was listening to yesterday's show today while I was working, and I was getting. Really irritated by the, I think it was two or three calls in a row that were calling saying, oh, you should listen to Alex Jones. And <clears throat> I, I just get irritated that there's uh, this idea that people who like liberty are also insane. And I think the Alex Jones segment of the liberty movement really misrepresents us. So I wanted to lend my voice as a non-insane listener of your show. Well, good. I, I certainly appreciate that. And I, I think, think I think our numbers are uh, much larger than those that may believe in uh, more of the, the crazier, uh, farther fringe uh, conspiracies. You've got the there. louder, crazier sounding voices, so everyone listens to them. Is the problem? <laughs> and they call. Well, what were and you they saying? call. That's it. But wait, Mark, what were you saying about our numbers? Uh, I, I would believe that we have uh, that there are more of us out there, the the sort of just people that believe in uh, personal responsibility and liberty, than those out there that necessarily believe that. Uh, I don't know, the Bilderbergers dance around a giant uh, owl statue in the Canadian wilderness. <laughs> Maybe so, but I can tell you that he's uh, he's got a pretty popular website. I'm not saying Alex Jones doesn't uh, put out a great product. Yeah. Alex Jones puts out a great product. Well, he um, puts out a fear product, and that's what people like about him, I think. They a don't, they a don't fear product? It. Well, you, you know, when you listen to him, and, and this is why I had to stop listening to him, uh, is he makes your anxiety level come up. I think there's something about the adrenaline of feeling like there's someone out to get you that people get into, like mm. you know, Paula who calls. I think the reason she's so into that is because she enjoys feeling like the world's out to get her. Mm. So, so you're suggesting that the, uh, the people that are into the conspiracy theories enjoy the feeling of paranoia? I think they do. Well, you know what it is? It's not that they enjoy it with their like, rational mind. Mm-hmm. I think there's something very low level where they feel like they're alive because there's something hunting them. 
That's an interesting point. And I've never heard it analyzed in that fashion. And I think you might be onto something there. Something, you know, again, uh, that's exciting. Even though though they aren't really being hunted, they can sort of feel like they're part of a movement that might possibly bring them into under uh, being targeted. Well, when you work all day, you go to the office, you come home, you play with your kids and your dog and dinner. Like, you know, most people, we're wired for a different kind of existence than that. Excellent. Yeah. Hmm. Now, Mark, I want to jump back because you were trying to inter- interject something into the music conversation. Oh, that the I was call just saying with. that Ian put those beds together a long, long time ago, and uh, <laughs> they haven't been up- updated in a long time. But uh, you know, there's 40 of them, and I don't, I don't know. I don't think we really need to. Now, here's well, my I question. grew up on Megadeth and Gripping. So there you go. Well, you must you have go. you must have some real interesting parents. Now, here's <laughs> here's usually parents don't have anything to do with. I grew uh, up on no. Patsy Cline. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> She's good too. Now, now, Mark. Um, he mentioned that he had attempted to contact the band through their MySpace page and ask how to purchase the albums, but they never got back to him. So if you can't find the albums and the band itself is not co- communicating with you when, you when you've reached out to say, hey, guys, I want to give you some money to buy your product, mm-hmm. is it then, would you say, I mean, as the resident supporter of intellectual property, would it then be appropriate to go and acquire said product through uh, pri- piracy means uh, until one can actually find the product that one is looking to purchase? Well, now, what is... Uh, what is the name of the the band's uh, album that that has this song on it? Oh, you're going to go to Google search. What right is now? it? The Power of Inner Strength. The Power of Inner Strength. I bet I can find that thing inside of 45 <laughs> seconds where I can. Well, they ha- well, here's the thing. They have the CD available, but it's like a $35 import from Germany. Oh. Really, yeah. Well, Dave Lombardo was in on the album that he's a famous drummer from Slayer. He was on that album that Ian has all the beds for. And it's mm-hmm. a great album. But then he left after that, and they just became a smaller band around Germany. Hmm. Hmm. So it's really hard to get their albums now. <clears throat> I see. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, go to uh, Amazon.freetalklive.com uh, and you can <laughs> they find have it there. there. Now, I'm no, not saying do. it doesn't matter to me whether uh, the you know in this case somebody would go to uh, you know one of the torrent sites and get a song or anything like that. What would bother me is that um, if if somebody used it to make money. And, I see. You know. Okay. So there you go. That's uh, that's one way to do it. I actually have a few of the albums, but uh, there's one of them that I couldn't find either, and you know I went and did that. So Grip Inc. wants to come after me. I guess I guess they can't. Well, they can't because we are on radio stations, and those radio stations pay their ass cap BMI fees. Well, that's an interesting viewpoint, Mark. I don't know about that. I don't know if it's that gets you true. out of downloading. It absolutely music. is true. <laughs> well, they only they they only pay it based on the auditing. Like that's self-reported numbers. I think there's not someone listening to every single radio broadcast. In the no, no, no they just have a license to um, you know, to. Oh, they're like in a catalog that. Yeah, they just pay their ASCAP BMI fee, and and then ASCAP BMI they take care of that crap. Christian, yeah, glad you well, found the show. Glad you're enjoying it. Uh, and as always, thank you for the call. Hope to hear from you. Hi, guys. 800-259-9231. We continue and go to Brian in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Brian. Hey, how you guys doing? What's on your mind? I was wanting to comment on the cell phone uh, regulations being increased in the enforcement of that. Yes, yeah, the um, uh, UK we... government is going to crack down for our listeners just tuning in and uh, possibly hit people with up to two years in jail and unlimited fines for using a cell phone or an MP3 player or any other sort of distracting device in the car. Yeah, we've sort of followed suit with England with a number of enforcement policies, mm-hmm. such as surveillance, and the phone use enforcement is going to increase much like the seatbelt enforcement has. As soon as the states and the cities realize how much money they can generate mm-hmm. for themselves, they'll enforce it more and more. And whereas before where you would get cited for not wearing your seatbelt after you were caught for speeding, now you can be pulled over with just having not worn your seatbelt. 
Right, and this is just as obscure as the seatbelt law because in that, and what I mean when I say obscure, I mean that the police officer has to think he's seeing you violate this, right? He has to spot you with what he believes is a cell phone in your hand, which is even more difficult, in my opinion, to, to notice than a strap going across your uh, your chest. Right. You could be lifting your hand up to scratch the side of your face sure. while driving. Uh, the officer could say, that, I know that's a cell phone, and pull you over, and then... If know. he's wrong, he won't get in trouble. And next time you're out driving around, notice how many times you'll actually see police officers driving their cruisers on duty on their cell phones. Oh, sure. Right. They're, they're always talking on some device or another. And, and, you know, when they pull people over, I don't. It's, it's not the same everywhere, but in some places they just pull them over into the side of the lane. So they create an, obstru- an, oh, an obstruction. They do that so much. It's dangerous. If somebody's not paying, a, you know, they're not completely alert, they can come up over a hill, bash both of them yeah it's it's crazy these cops pulling people over is in fact dangerous and the other thing that uh you know they 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 make it seem like they're out there to keep the roads safe that's a bunch of poppycock um they've (laughs) proven that uh you know you can uh let's see now washington dc there was an article yesterday as a matter of fact if you put cameras at stoplights and uh on the sides of the roads catching speeders Speeding goes down, revenue goes down, and they think about taking the cameras away. <laughs> Look, the cops are out there to to enforce the law arbitrarily, so in fact, you will disobey the speed limits. Because if they really didn't want people to speed, right. they'd have cameras out there. And with Virginia now, in July 1st, they just imposed uh, new penalties. If you're a Virginia resident, your fines for any moving violation, whether it be speeding or not stopping at a stop sign, are considerably more than... When I say considerably, it went from a couple hundred dollars to now thousands of dollars. Yeah, I remember that. As opposed to being a non-Virginia resident, and the uh, and the residents of Virginia are really, really upset. So wait a minute, if you're if, if you're an you outsider, as opposed to someone outside of the state. So if you're an outsider, you don't get the as big of fines as the residents do. Correct. Oh man, silly! What a scam! And the General crap. Assembly passed all this without. Basically, going to the people because they know that no one in the state would have stood for it. Oh, but Brian, they they tell you over and over again that it's they were elected by the people in order to uh, to pass these laws. You should be happy about that. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah. Great story. Yeah, you know, I just wanted to say that uh, the power of inner strength by Grip Inc. You can get it at uh, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com for five bucks. Hey, now that's for the a whole hell of a album. That's a hell of a great album. Anyway, more on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Of course, none of that money is actually going to the band. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free. 800-259-9231, the Cycle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And by the way, some of those features include live streams, broadband version, and dial-up version. You'll find them both for free at freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? It bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com. For the sleep you've been dreaming of, that's SavvyRest.com. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Continuing with your phone calls, we go to Jeremy, listening in Montana on KGEZ. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, guys. Good evening. Hey, dude. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, well, I was, uh, you know, I listen to John Stokes on his show every day, like, uh, 
10 to 12.30 or 1 or what have you, and they had a couple of two or three guys call in whining about, you know, uh, disagreeing with you on certain topics. And I don't agree with everything you guys say, you know. That's why I believe God gave us, or whoever you believe in, gave us, uh, you know, a free mind to speak with. Mm -hmm. And I'd just like to tell them, you know, to like John told call you up. And why are you calling me telling me about it? <laughs> Well, because I think they, they they probably think that if they call and complain, they can get us taken off the air, and to an extent, that can happen. I mean, if, I guess if enough people called in and complained, that would be true. Especially, but it would also prove that there's a lot of people uh, listening. Right, that's true. And a good, I think, a good uh, radio station owner, and John is, uh, is, as far as I'm concerned, a great one. Uh, a good station owner understands that a little bit of controversy keeps people glued to their radios. Right, and they also understand I mean, that not everybody's going to agree all the time. Can, I mean, and I'm kind of a conspiracy theorist myself, but could you imagine if that's all you listen to around the clock? I mean, I can't wait till the evening sometimes come home and listen to you guys. Sometimes it'll be the first time I've laughed or smiled all day, you know, because <laughs> wow. you know, we all joke a little bit. It's not like Alex Jones where it's all just really hardcore the whole time. You know? So is that what they were suggesting, is that they uh, the, the, the programming be of a more uniform basis and that the programs all sort of have that same conspiracy theme? Yeah, but John told him he wasn't going to do that. He said we have to have diversity on this station. In other words, it wouldn't really be right. So I don't think you guys are going anywhere anytime soon on KGZ. And if you do, that means I'll have to go buy a computer and uh, listen to <laughs> Online. Well, that would be uh, it. Would be an honor, Jeremy, and, th and thank you for bringing that up tonight because it's an important issue. And, th and thanks for the call, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So I think that might have happened, Mark, because of all the conspiracy crowd people that were calling in last night, mm -hmm. and we were duking it out with them on the air, basically. And you know how they uh, they can get they get very very upset. Some when of people... them can. I mean, you know, Jeremy himself said that he's part of that conspiracy crowd, and he. You know, some of them will listen to different sides of it. And the they, uppity ones is who I'm talking about. There's You're certainly right. some um, that uh, the call in here and they, you know, they 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 say stuff and it's just it, it's annoying. But right, the the idea is if you don't adhere to the gospel. You know the gospel of the conspiracy, then you're not worth our time and uh, get off our airwaves. I guess that's sort of what they were suggesting to uh, the station owner at that particular instance that Jeremy was talking about. But of course, that station keeps on adding us, uh, you know, more hours as th as time goes by. Something not must us. right. There must be a, a, at least an equivalent amount, if not a larger amount of people. Maybe they're not calling necessarily on the air, but perhaps calling off the air to say, "Hey, we like those guys on Free Talk Live. We're glad you have them on the station because, as you say, Mark." We started one hour a night on KGEZ in Montana. They expanded us, doubling our coverage to two hours a night. Uh, then got us on Saturdays now. Then right? after that, they added our Saturday show, all three hours of that. So really, you guys are getting all but, I think, five hours of the show each week. So they're on for like 13 hours a week, which is great. Need to add, la add that last There's five hours? one more hour there, and you'll get to it eventually, I'm sure. And if you like the show, then call them and let them know that, too. I'm sure they already know it. But uh, it it helps because it's it seems like the people that are are against something are more likely to pick up the phone. Like if people are upset, they're more likely to call and complain yeah. than someone who likes something to pick up the phone and say, "Hey, you guys are doing a great job." And I would also say that uh, we don't encourage people that agree with us to call. You know, um, no, you know, <laughs> I want disagreement on the air. Right. So that's my kind of radio. 
I mean, I don't want to. I, I don't want this to be the choir show where everybody's calling in like a Sean Hannity and saying, "You know, Mark, you're the greatest. I listen to you every single night. How you doing there, Mark? You're the greatest show host of all time." I mean, yeah, it's like they take boring. call after call that does that. It's just boring. And it's why know, it's why when people call in, just to point something out, mm-hmm. it's why when people call in and say, "How are you?" Look, I understand that's just sort of a friendly that's, greeting well, kind of a thing. It's also just what people say. It's what people say. But don't, you know, I don't think anyone's ever offended when I ignore that statement and I say, what's I think on your mind? some people are surprised sometimes when you say, what's on your mind? You don't answer yeah. the question, you just say, what's on your mind? Right. But and the reason is, is I, if we answered that question for every single person who got on the phone with us, we would probably waste, you know, five minutes a show saying, we're great. How are you? Or, great. I'm great. Oh, I you know. have to come up with snappy new answers each time, like, oh, I'm feeling much better now. Super. Terrific. Yep. <laughs> that sort of thing. Better and better each day. Yeah. Yeah, whatever whatever <laughs> it is that people answer, um, you know, it's it's just it, it's not really great show content. Yeah. But I understand also why callers do it. It just starts out. So it's comfortable. It's comfortable comfortable for them to ask that and mm-hmm. that's A okay. I'm not saying don't don't do that anymore. I'm just you know, explaining we our rationale. A lot of calls from KGEZ. We have sure thirty three stations on now. Um not well, all of some the same come time. and go at different times. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. on at different times. Um uh, but we have a we have a lot of different stations. K G E Z is uh Definitely represents, uh, you know, it's not even a very populous section of Montana. Per, per capita, I would say they're well, well or overrepresented. Yeah, well, they show. call, and that's cool. That's all you have to do is pick up the phone mm-hmm. to uh, to get involved here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Uh, you can bring up anything. We continue. This one's Richard in California. Richard, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Tell you a little uh, story about the uh, the science fiction future that's coming. Okay. okay. Some days I, I wake up and I feel like I'm living in a science fiction movie and I know how it's going to end hmm. and I just can't wake up. So anyway, <laughs> um, we were uh, in this rental car. This rental car came from Canada, from uh, Vancouver, B.C. And the rental car, it can be in the States and everything. So it comes down to, to, to Humboldt County and uh, it's, it's on this road trip. And uh, so the, the Canadian rental car pulls over and, uh, you know, it's got this no smoking thing on the uh on the dashboard of it okay uh-huh you know so okay so whatever so we all have 215 cards so like the music can have like eight pounds of weed each you know in the state so, so anyway we don't have anywhere. card is, is some kind of certification from the state to say that you can have an amount of marijuana yeah because you're you're a medicinal patient okay gotcha so anyway, eight just pounds that's pretty awesome so you get it you can have eight pounds so we don't have anywhere near that right all right and so we're stopped in this like brand new rental car the canadian rental car and uh, we're token up, and the windows are down, right? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, this thing starts chiming. It goes, bung, 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 bung. <laughs> and this alarm? voice comes over the radio. No, I'm tell you, telling you the truth, man. This voice comes over the radio, and it addresses the uh, person who rented the car, the Canadian rental car. It wow. addresses that person. And it tells them they're not allowed to smoke in the car, and they sign things stating they wouldn't do it, yeah. and that they're not allowed to be smoking what they're smoking. Wow, so we're sitting in the car amazing. wondering how they knew what we were smoking. Wow. And they billed us 500 bucks for uh, detailing the car. So. Well, hey, you did violate your contract. And, yeah, uh, no, I'm okay with the panic, yeah. but it just shows you how level of spying and That's where it's amazing. Gone. I mean, I, I believe mean, it, that the technology exists out there for that. I t- totally believable that. Uh, story, and thanks for sharing it. And wow. thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. Speaking of drugs, I've got a story on the way. It's Free Talk Live. 
Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features, we give them away, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just go and click and download them for free. Right there on the front page of the website, freetalklive.com. Barry Cooper wants you to never get busted. Jim Lark was the chairman of the Libertarian Party. Ethan Nadelman is the founder of the Drug Policy Alliance. Peter Christ, the spokesman for law enforcement against prohibition. Congressman Ron Paul, of course, has called for an end to federal drug raids. They all want to end the war on drugs, and they'll all be at the Liberty Forum. Where will you be? Register now. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Use the code 2008FTL if you'd like to save 10%. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. And once again, the code, it's all one word, 2008FTL. Mark, this is in literally a handful of weeks from now. Uh, yeah, well, we're going to be there. Very soon, yeah. It's going to be fun. I'm very excited. Looking forward to it. I'm uh, going to be broadcasting live from the Liberty Forum. Inevitably, we'll be meeting a number of you who are going to be in attendance and uh, hoping to see you there. So, uh, And I know there are some threads. I think there might be a thread on our BBS at uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. Some of our listeners are apparently shower- sharing hotel rooms with one another to, to help cut costs, which is just amazing. Makes sense to me. I don't. I don't know if you if you trust the uh, anonymous people on our message board, but it's uh, some yeah. of those people there uh, talk a great deal. So that's they, true. You know. They know each other pretty mm-hmm. well. In fact, a number of them have actually gotten together in at the past Liberty Forum. There was a little impromptu Free Talk Live listener party that happened last time, and so they actually got to meet in person uh, at that particular case. Well, of course they they could meet anyway, but it was an easy way to identify who was a Free Talk Live listener without having to de- depend on them wearing a Free Talk Live T-shirt around the forum. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to seeing you there. Liberty Forum, uh, get more information, freestateproject.org. We go back into the phone calls here. It's Mike in California. He's on the amp line. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, I just what? wanted to share a quick story with you. Yeah, go ahead. On Sunday, I ordered a 1,000 of the Ron Paul Liberty Cards. Oh, uh, yes, from uh, from libertycard.org, one of our online advertisers. That, that, that is correct. Mm-hmm. And uh, earlier today, I'd have to say about an hour and a half ago, I went in here in downtown San Carlos, and I started handing them out to people and uh, sticking them on car windows. Wow. And with the exception of two people who refused to take the card, everyone else was uh, really just happy and excited, and they had, they had heard about Ron Paul really? and how much money he made um, on uh, on Sunday. And they were just happy to to take the card. I'm surprised and, you were so well received. I mean, this was just the average folk on the street, right? Yeah, and San Francisco Bay Area of all places. Yeah. Huh. So uh, now, what was your approach? Just out of curiosity, I mean, when you were uh, were coming up to people, uh, trying to uh, to ply them with your wares, uh, what was it that? What was your opening line, if you will? I was very simple, non-aggressive. I just said, "If uh, excuse me, gentlemen or folks or ma'am." They interest you in a Ron Paul Liberty card, and hmm. for the most part, everyone was more than welcome to take one. Hmm. And then I walked up and down the streets downtown and put them on the uh, car windows and on the uh, side windows. Brilliant. I, 
I've distributed 500 of them, and wow. I just wanted to call and let you guys know that. And I'm wow. going to go back out and do uh, see if I can get rid of the other 500 today. Now, did you get, uh, as an amplifier, was, was the free shipping offer still going on for you? I, you know, no, I don't believe so. Hmm. Because I, I believe I wanted them to be rushed to me. So oh, okay, okay. Uh, I had ordered it on Sunday, and I and they said that it would be here on Wednesday, and sure enough, it was. I believe that when you're looking to when you're looking to restock, you might want to get in touch with uh, Corey, the guy that runs the site there, and ask him if the amplifier free shipping deal is still available. Because what you'll what you'll see happening is the the Free Talk Live amplifiers, and we'll tell you more about the amp program here in a little bit uh, for our newer listeners. But the amplifiers sort of they scratch each other's backs uh, in different ways. Uh, we we provide some perks, perquisites, uh, some reasons to sign up for the amp program, but then amplifiers will just come up with extras. They'll just come up with, like, like Corey from the Liberty card said, hey, if you're an amplifier, you let me know, and I'll give you free shipping on the Liberty card. So it's a nice little uh, little benefit. So look I into that. A, I wasn't aware of that. I'll have to take advantage of that. Uh, that's because I'm definitely going to have to order more. And I over the weekend, I was very surprised to see here in um, outside of San Francisco in uh, kind of a you know suburban area, uh, I saw four different uh, small Ron Powell rallies along uh, one of our major uh, streets mm. here. Wow. So. Excellent. If he's doing well in California, that's a very a good, good sign. sign. <laughs> Absolutely is. And uh, thanks for checking in with the story. Appreciate hearing from you, Mike. 800-259-9231. Phones are loaded up. If you're there, we will get to you. Let's go to Puke in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Puke. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind? I just want to call in and let you know that uh, I'm a sort of a freer man today. How so? And that's because today is the last day that I was in the inactive ready reserve for the Army. Wow, I'm going to give you some so, applause for that one. Well, that's a pretty big uh, deal. Why such a short period of time? You really just got out of the Army. Yeah, um, uh, one thing, I was stop-loss for six months past my original ETS date, and also my um, original time from when I signed up to when I actually went into the basic training program was somewhere around eight months, and that counted towards that time. I see. Hmm. And so it helped out at only from February until now in December was my uh, inactive ready reserve time, and now it's over with. So I'm I'm pretty happy about that because uh, these past few months, you know, I've always been kind of with the surge going on and the crap with Iran. In the back of my mind, I've always wondered, am I going to get a letter or right. a phone call or something like that, you know, from the DOD saying, hey, guess what, you just... Uh, won the lottery to come back. <laughs> Yay! So, um, it, are, can you not be drafted now that you've served X amount of years in the military? Or I don't know about that. Um, I'm just wondering. Well, they can change the rules any time, I'm sure. <laughs> but officially, you're out. It's done. It's over with. I mean, you, do you feel like you're a little more relieved today as a result? Yes, I am, actually, because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that was always something in the back of my mind that sort of made me nervous. Even though I'd done six and a half years, uh, you never know with the uh, government military and the way that this war is uh, going on and on forever, unless maybe somebody stops it like Ron Paul. Yeah, they're they're having a tough time uh, filling those slots in the Army, too, so. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, there, there are still, you know, thousands of soldiers that are still stop-lost every year. Oh. And there's um, plenty of them that actually get called back. Can you explain for people that don't know? I mean, I'm sure anybody that's been paying attention to the war knows what stop-lossing is. Uh, but for a newer listener or somebody that may be completely unaware, what does that mean? Well, when you join the military, you sign uh, what they call is a contract agreement. Um, <laughs> mine was for six years. And that was uh, in 99. 
and before, you know, obviously that was before 9-11, and then this war thing popped up. And uh, what happens is your ETS date rolls around, and mine was in August, but I was in Iraq. So I was not allowed to ETS and get out of the Army like I thought I was going to in August of 2006. Hmm. And some guys get uh, stop-loss for longer. Mine was only six months uh, only. But <laughs> right. So essentially what it is is just... A six more uh, months, you could die. Gets longer. Yeah, and and a lot yeah. of these guys, uh, you know, what's the longest that you've that you've heard of? The longest stop loss. Um, I know a guy that was in my unit that was stop loss for a little over a year. Jeez. Because of the uh, deployment. Yeah, it doesn't and matter to them. Let me tell you, wasn't happy. I was gonna say it doesn't matter to them if you had plans, you know, if you had a <laughs> right. girlfriend to get back to, or a business to get back to to run, or you're planning on starting yes. a business, or whatever, going to school, whatever your plans were, doesn't matter. Uh, apparently, the contract doesn't matter either. They can do whatever they want to do with their side of the contract, and well, you're just screwed. It's, it's not, you know, the contract was uh, that he signed up for actually eight years total. He just didn't That's realize true. it, and. You know, that's well, you realized it, right? I mean, they know. You know, did you know that you were in for eight years when you signed up? No, he's, it was six um, years is what he th- signed up for. But he, you know, there's it's a total of an eight year contract with two years in inactive ready reserve. Is that yeah? Um, like I, they actually told that to me, but I really had no idea what it meant. It just sort of, you know, went in one year and out the other. Okay. Um, you know, they were like six years, no less than eight years if. You know, whatever a war pops up, and of course, when I joined, I was like, oh, "A war, you know, war, what are the sure. odds of that?" But it did happen. So. Yeah, I'm afraid. I'm afraid you weren't the only one who was thinking that way. But at least no. it's over, and you're alive. You're all intact, so you lucked out. And uh, yeah. thank you for the call, as always. I'm dude. one of the lucky few. Very good, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Maybe uh, we'll celebrate that because Pete lives up here in Keene and uh, we'll go out to the little social Sundays event. Maybe uh, someone will buy him a drink on Sunday as a result of it. Or you, though. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Features for free. Enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, uh, the dozens of ladies taking their time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. At shrine.freetalklive.com, we go uh, to the phone calls here and talk to Steve listening in California on KCAA. Hey, Steve. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Super. What's hey, on your mind? A couple of nights ago, you were talking about uh, court cases and abuses in court. Sure. Have There's I got a story for you? Yeah. Uh, about 12 years ago, I had my own business. And one day I'm sitting in my office meeting with a client. Two deputies walk in. Oh, boy. And they ask my name. And uh, they say that I was under arrest. They had me stand up, handcuff me, start hauling me out the door. I ask them why they're arresting me. They claim they didn't know. Whoa. We're just following orders. Yeah. So basically, before they hauled me away, I begged them to lock my office up so my equipment wouldn't get stolen. Mm -hmm. They take me down courthouse i'm escorted in back door of the courthouse and they sit me down uh, on some benches in front of this courtroom full of people uh this is about one in the afternoon uh i sit there for about an hour it turned out to be small claims court they arrested you for small claims court small claims court i don't think they can do that small claims court's a civil situation yes it is okay so go on after a while the judge finally gets around to me 
And he looks over and he says, do you know why you're here? And I go, no, Your Honor, I don't. And he says, sure you do. Of course you do. You know, I'm not going to take that. And I said, Your Honor, I really don't know. And I added, I protest, Your Honor, that I feel my civil rights are being violated. Mm -hmm. And he asked me, why do I think this? I explained to him the deputies wouldn't tell me why I was be arrested. I wasn't read my rights or anything. So he tries to explain this away by saying that under the law, a magistrate, which he claims he was, can bring you into court without that. And then he explains to me that the reason I was there was that I sued several months ago for $800, and I failed to appear in small claims. Did you ever I, get notice to appear? No, I didn't. I never got the summons, the notice, anything. <laughs> uh, it turns out this woman who had been a client of mine had sued me. I knew nothing about it. Wow. Uh, so... From there, after that, he doesn't say anything. I'm transferred into another courtroom, shackled to this guy, a bunch of guys in orange jumpsuits. Nuts. And I sit there for about an hour while the judge goes down each case down the line until he gets to mine. Mm -hmm. And then he asks me why I'm there, and I tell him I really don't know. Okay. So then he recesses for a moment. I guess he went and talked to the other judge. Right. And he comes out and he says that the other judge said that I talked back to him and that I was being arrested for contempt. What? Yeah, I guess the talking back to him was protesting that my civil rights were being violated. They are just making it up as they go along. I mean, they these are these are a group of thugs. They're violent people. They they don't care about their own rules and they can change them at will. And I'm curious, what happened then? Oh, I was hauled along with this chain gang into a van, hauled down to jail. Before I went, I asked the bailiff. I, that day, I, I had two little kids, and I had to pick them up from school. Right. I begged this bailiff to let me try and call my wife so she could pick them up. Sure. Couldn't get through to her. I finally got hold of the neighbor who later got through to her. I was in a panic because I could be waiting there. They were little kids and, you know, wouldn't yeah. know what to do. Uh, so I spent about the next eight hours being abused in jail, basically, until I was let out about two that morning. Why did they let you out? There was really no charge to hold me on. Right. The, my deputy at the jail told me that the judge had written him a note that he wanted me to spend at least till midnight in jail. So they did they drop the contempt charge? Because it sounded like they were going to hit you with that, but they didn't? No, they didn't. Uh, but I did have to go back to court uh -huh. uh, to reappear on the small claims action. Right. And it, it gets worse. Oh, boy. Because when I went that day, uh, the woman who had sued me was there, and the judge discussed the case with her, and he wouldn't even hear my side of it. This is when all. you came back? When I came back. Okay. Right. And during that time, he said, okay, I'm going to judge against you. And he asked the bailiff to come over and search my pockets to see if there were cards inside. Uh, he took my car keys. Judge told him to go out and see if they fit any of the cars in the parking lot. After about 20 minutes, he came back and identified my car, and the judge was going to give my car to this woman. <laughs> this guy's out of his mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, he very definitely was. Uh, he, the woman was kind of shocked, too, and she wouldn't accept it. So at that point, he kind of dropped it and just fined me. Uh, good thing was, several years later, I, I kept notice of this judge through the news and saw him because 
mm-hmm. when I sent small claims, I watched him just abuse people ridiculously. Sure. Some poor guy got like 30 days for not having a seatbelt. It was pathetic. Oh, this guy's dangerous. Uh, it was just one after another. Yeah. But years later, I saw he was removed from the bench, which... You yeah, know. but how many people did he hurt in that amount right. of time? Is what li- you've got to wonder. How many lives did he ruin and just basically take a dump on as uh, as a result of his attitude problem or his stick up his butt or authoritarian demeanor or whatever his problem is? And and I wish I could say that your story was really that unique. Um, I, I mean, certainly the circumstances are are unusual, but as far as getting in front of an an out of control judge who's sick with power, it just happens too much in this country. And and I I'm glad that you you. You know, I'm glad it, it wasn't as bad as it could have been because I'm sure it could have been worse. You know, you could have spent, I don't know, more time in jail or something like that. I guess he was just trying to scare you uh, by putting you in there for the amount of time that you were there. Wow. Well, all he really story. did was radicalize my attitudes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's what yeah. happens. You know, people that uh, prior to I mean, prior to this, had you had any encounters with the law or the system? Uh- I've never even been arrested in my yep, life. Exactly. Yeah. So somebody like you, who's a business owner, you've been uh, completely on the right side of the law for one your entire life. You miss one, you know, piece of mail, or maybe two. Maybe they sent it to the wrong mailbox, or they had the wrong address, or whatever their deal is, or they're just bureaucrats and they screwed it up. The lady uh, gave them a bad address. Right. You uh, you missed a couple pieces of mail, and then they come in uh, with their handcuffs to completely turn your life upside Treat you down. like a criminal. This whole time, you probably thought government was there to keep you safe and protect your freedoms. Well, I guess you found out the truth. And thank you for the story, yeah. man. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. The fact is, these people aren't there to serve and protect you. They're there to serve and protect themselves. They want to serve and protect the state, the government, uh, their precious masters in the legislature. That's what it's all about. It's about enriching the state through fining you and uh, increasing their coffers. Well, and you know the, the the great paying positions that they have. Essentially, it's a it's a very sophisticated form of graft. You know, when you go to Mexico, you yeah. pay the you pay the cop an extra fifty bucks. At least this is what people imagine. I don't know that this is true. Um, you you pay the cop an extra fifty bucks or whatever, and you get out of uh, some ticket that he sure. may that you may or may not have done the offense for. Right here, on the other hand, uh, you know they they they're, they're going to give you uh, all kinds of fines if it's a speeding ticket. It can be hundreds and hundreds of dollars, thousands, as the guy from Virginia pointed out earlier. And you know those thousands of dollars go to pay people up the line in this system of theirs. Right, it encourages their behavior, and people out there believe that we need this. They believe crap. that this is okay? Well, look, the fact is, if this were a private arbitration situation, as I have talked about many times on this show at this point, if this were a situation where we had arbitration agencies that if, and, and it was a small claim, so that would be something that could be brought to arbitration for sure. I mean, she felt like she was wronged by he him could have had, his a, had it in his contract with the client uh, originally that all disputes will be settled through arbitration. Through an agency. And the judge in the arbitration agency would never be able to get away with this nonsense that Absolutely this government judge not. can get away with. Because if he were to, be, if an arbitrator were to behave in this fashion, no one would want to use their services because they'd be out of control. They'd be like a rogue arbitration agency. Yeah, these and, people are nuts. And, that guy was nuts. And people would pull judge. their business. They'd pull their business and they'd go with an arbitrator that's fair, that has a reputation for being honest. That is a rep, you know, a stand-up guy in the community instead of being this uh, black-robed sicko, authoritarian power monger freak. It, th- those guys would have, they'd have to go and find something else to do with their time, or they'd have to get honest or something like that. Because it, 
the marketplace would not stand for this. But in the case what we have today with this monopoly government court system, we're all forced to use this system. Right. What, what's what's going to happen if you do do get a system that's uh, under control and more market driven? What's what are all the sociopaths going to do for work? <laughs> that's a great question. I suspect that they'll uh, straighten up and, and act right. Generally, yeah, I mean, the, it's the, the proof is. Yeah. It's the incentives. The proof is that people will act right, um, given the you know right incentives. Or maybe they could go and start a uh, you know like a dominatrix business or something where they could beat people and you know they could consent to it. Yeah, but he's, he probably the judge probably wasn't hot. But he could, at least he could wear that silly little robe of his. I don't know, but that's a great question though, Mark. Maybe some of our listeners could brainstorm that. What would the sociopaths do? If we actually obtain, or rather when, what will they do when we obtain a uh, true free market uh, laissez-faire society? What will their jobs be? Garbage man? I don't know. I'd love to hear your answers. Hour three's on the way. Bring up anything. It is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Phones are loaded up. We go right into your phone calls and start with Sean in Tennessee. Sean, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, good evening, Ian. Mark, how you doing? Super. Good. What's on your mind, Sean? Well, you know that last phone call you had about the guy that had the problem with the uh, with the judge. Uh, I think it's all bunk. That's all and bunk. Please, please, please understand. I'm being facetious here. <laughs> I just found a, uh, a website called governmentisgood.com. <laughs> yeah, I've and seen that site. Oh, uh, you've seen it? An unapologetic defense of a vital <laughs> institution. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I thought my head was going to explode. It actually has one part where it goes through a day in your life, and it says, oh, you get up in the morning and your asthma isn't bothering you because the government mandates regulations on clean air, and you drive to work and everything's safe because we regulate 40-hour trucker work weeks, and they won't be falling asleep at the wheel and running you over on your way to work. It's crazy, yeah, this the, whole website. Just to explain to the listeners what this is, uh, it's a website that was created by, you're gonna, this is going to be a shocker, right, Mark? An academic. <laughs> somebody who you know works for a university, who teaches a class about government, and he's sick and tired of all of the anti-government stuff out on the Internet. So he wanted to do his part to combat all the, uh, the pro-freedom stuff out there and talk about how government is good and wonderful and taxes are helpful. And, you know, he just the, – the whole site is – it's essentially – I could use a I could use this website as my show prep for a month's worth of Free Talk Live, and somebody sent me a link to this a, a long while back. I guess it's a relatively new site, so when I say long while, I, I mean a few months. Um, and I took a look through the site, and I just thought, wow, okay, I'm bookmarking this for a rainy day. You know, if there's a slow news day or for whatever reason I don't have uh, anything to talk about, I can always go to governmentisgood.com and just pick any one of his nonsense articles and and tear through it and one day i might uh, might actually go and do that but it's just it's just sickness isn't it it's annoying it's very annoying did you did you investigate college that the professor is from the political uh a political science professor i, I from, didn't uh, mount 
I'm sorry, Mount Holyoke College, South Hadley, Massachusetts. Mm, yeah, uh, from Massachusetts. Uh, Women's College. Yep, this and guy's bad I, news. I thought liberal arts colleges, that means they teach a bunch of, uh, the curriculum is basically nothing that can be translated into real-world work. Right. Is that no, correct? Nothing that you can make money on, right? <laughs> right. It, you, it's, you learn, I'm, I'm not a college person. You learn a, a lot I'm, about literature I'm, and, I'm, and I'm arts employee. and things like that. Pretty, pretty much true, but that doesn't mean that there aren't, you know, rabid socialists in there teaching the economics classes and teaching the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the government classes and that sort of thing. I mean, that's where most of these kids today, when they're coming out of the college system, that's where they get all their misinformation from, is from these professors who, you know, they're told, well, they're learned, they're academics, they know stuff. And so you should listen to what they say. But that's this is the website you're talking about. Government is good. That's the kind of crap that kids in college are getting fed on a you know essentially a daily basis. Yeah, I'm sure it's not just limited to that one place. No. Well, I see you guys are way ahead of the power curve uh, mm-hmm. on that. You guys have a good evening and uh, and and uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you, Thank Sean, you. for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The problem with the government is good website and why it's it, it it would make great show prep because it's just. Misinformation after misinformation, just despicable government grandstanding, and it's just a love fest for government, as you might imagine by its title, uh, Government is Good. But the 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 uh, the articles just go on and on and on, and I would have to spend some real time going in and you know plucking the the real juiciest bits out because they're just so lengthy. Right, and it, it, it's it's sort of beating people down with the words, and I I saw it myself, and it was <laughs> it was it was just too much for me to go through. I'm like, oh god, I don't care, I don't want to read this dreck this yeah. this far into this thing, and. You know, I would say that the government re- government regulations, in some cases, do result in good things, but they do it in a far more inefficient fashion than we need. Um, it, it, as, as far as the 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 person harmed getting to sue somebody who did harm them, that's a system that works. To just regulate everyone across the board. Ugh. Then you've got to have bureaucrats to do the inspection. Those bureaucrats aren't going to work as hard because they're not properly incentivized. It's just a very inefficient system. And since we're talking about government regulation, we should probably point out that the real reason for most government regulations isn't to protect the consumers, but instead to protect the business interests in your area. If there's a, for instance, a restaurant commission that's usually staffed by the old restaurateurs in town that have been established there for many, many decades, and they've gotten themselves on the restaurant commission so they can set up new regulations with the purpose is to protect the consumer. But what they're really doing is they're setting the bar higher and higher and higher for for new businesses to enter the marketplace and be a restaurant. So if you have to buy, you know, special stove that costs $200,000 or whatever, vent hoods and all these, you know, these government-mandated equipment mm-hmm. um, from government-mandated manufacturers and that sort of thing, it, it makes it more difficult for the little guy to jump into the game and, and open up his small little restaurant with just a regular stove. The guy just or, wanted to get into business selling sandwiches. Right. Somebody that just wants to feed people, uh, they now have to jump through all these additional hoops. And I picked, I picked the restaurant industry just because it's an easy one. It's the same with a lot of people a lot of people get in to uh, the restaurant industry right. because, you know, they know how to cook. They enjoy cooking. They, they want to be able to spend time talking to people and that kind of thing. You name it. If the industry is licensed, if the industry is regulated by government, it is to protect the, the existing business interest and nothing more. I mean, they might have originally started it with the best of intentions, but that's what it really is all about. And I believe that that's what it was all about back in the day. It's just that they say one thing and they do another.
1-800-259-9231. If I get a chance, I'll go to the site and maybe pluck out a couple of just nonsense passages for you. It's just There's so much to choose from. It's just a whole website of crap. Uh, Let's continue, though, with your phone calls. Ziggy in the United Kingdom, across the pond. Ziggy, you're on Free Talk. Hello. Um, I've just come back from a gig um, uh, of a band who are barred from entering the United States currently. Really? Why? Their name is New Model Army. And this is not the first time they've been barred from entering the United States. They wanted to tour this year, but they were declined work visas. Wow. Um, Twenty years ago, they tried to, uh, when they first tried to tour, they were told they had um, they didn't have enough musical talent. Wow! So the government twenty years ago was deciding who could come here and play based on their own opinion of the musicians' um, talent. There's more. There's more to it. Well, before um, you go on, I want to explain that not only does this put uh, foreigners out of work here in the United States because the the band. What was the name of the band? New Model Army. New Model Army. The Immortal Army, I think. New Model no, Army. New New Model Army. Oh, you got it. Okay, okay, I, 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 they're a punk band from uh, that I've heard of before. Okay. Anyway, um, the New Model Army can't come here and tour. But how about all those venues where they were going to tour? Right. All those venues are owned by Americans who now have lost money because of this stupid bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Um, let's not forget all the uh, the the the, the uh, promotions companies that put these bands on and set up the uh, the, the venues and put the vans together. And that there's those all companies. kinds of Americans that have lost money because of this stupid. Uh, yep. Arbitrary there's, decision. There's, there's more to it. Okay. 20 years ago, they this happened just after they had released a single called 51st State. As you can imagine, it was having a poke at the Reagan-Thatcher relationship. Right. And basically, they could, it, could, it can't be proven. Um, but, you know, that, that probably was the reason why they were, were barred. You're saying they were politically targeted then? Yeah. You know, Certainly this, this possible. Was a band who were militant, you know. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't class them as socialist. Um, they don't wouldn't want that title um, because they were just as critical of of, of the Labour Party at the time as they were of the, of the Conservative Party. It's just outrageous. So, were they talking about this at their gig that you went to, or are you just regaling us with their story? No, um, I, no they didn't talk about it. In fact, actually, I have to say it wasn't a fabulous gig. Um, one other point: you're yes, talking sir. about. Um, what sociopaths could do? Yeah. Um, first of all, what do you class as a sociopath? Because I know he gets enough plugs on it, your show already, and I don't want to give him any more, but if Alex Jones was here, he'd be locked up in an asylum. <laughs> well, I don't think he's a no. sociopath. He can but, operate but, inside but, of in society. America, yeah, I know, I know, but what, what, I, what Sicko, I'm saying you know, is, someone that wants to, to bring harm people. to others, yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, but you see, the, the problem is people, people, um, people um, have different... Uh, perspectives of what is insane and what is sane. Yeah, that's true. Um, but if you had an idea, we'll let you share it with us in a moment. Hang on. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything. Toll free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Get interactive. Enjoy the site for free. And if you like the show, you want to help us out, 
then uh, you can amp Free Talk Live. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com for, uh, for as little as three bucks a month. You can help us get Free Talk Live on more radio stations across the country, help spread the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. The details are all there at amp.freetalklive.com. And how would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Well, it's possible. Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonials, find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. 800-259-9231. Back to uh, the UK and Ziggy. Uh, now, we were talking about sociopaths, and I'd asked the question in the last hour, what is it that, or, and sadists specifically, I guess they're pretty re- closely related, but these people that want to bring harm to others, what is it that they could do? Right now, they're judges, they're police officers, not all police officers, but they, they're in the, these professions with government because they're, they're positions of power. I think they work at the DMV, too. Sure, um, that's certainly possible. Uh, you know, their their socio, um, sociopathy, I guess, can manifest itself in different ways. Some might want to be physically violent. Some might just get off on you know denying you an application or something like that. I can tell you that I had uh, my um, ex fiance. That's too specific. Anyway, she used to work for the uh, the, the county government, mm-hmm. and she told me that she had she she enjoyed sometimes uh, just not giving uh, clients the information that they needed. You know, people that came to the desk, um, the information they needed she would just say things you know like that's she, not my department right she would say stuff uh, that she would answer their question smile but she would do it in kind of a snide fashion and she knew she was going to get away with it because you know she could she worked I, for the government that's gross dude it, i'm just I, telling you what she i didn't said. know that about your wife that's not my wife oh i thought you said it was your wife i said ex-fiance oh okay i missed that part okay I, that's um, good i think that para um corrupts an absolute power corrupts absolutely I think you're right about that. But did so you a have little some... bit of power corrupts a little bit, too. Now, did you have any suggestions? It sounded like you might have had a suggestion as to what a sociopath could do in that in the uh, the free market environment where he couldn't get a job as a cop. I did hear a suggestion from a... Uh, uh, he was an agent to celebrities about stalkers. He said, that why don't the stalkers stalk each other and then they'll never feel um, alone? <laughs> That's a good uh, idea. By the way, um, the definition of sociopath, we are, since we were sort of batting that around, is a person as a psychopathic personality whose behavior is antisocial and who lacks a sense of moral responsibility or social conscience. Yeah, but you see, that, that, um, that can cover a wide variety of people. I mean, there is a term um, called personality disorders. And if you look up, uh, it's a behavior, it covers behavioral disorders. If you look at look up the, the the diagnostic definitions, that you know, it's just people who are maybe a bit more angry or a bit more paranoid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I I really think that um, it, the whole thing about what is insane and what is sane is very subjective. That much is true, but you can certainly say that it's uh, it's sociopathic and antisocial to use violence on others. I mean, that's that's not subjective, and I yeah, think yeah, everyone that, can that, agree on that. That, that, that that's true. Um, and and Mark is, 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 is right. I mean, I have a, a friend at the moment who uh, has just won uh, uh, to be candidate for the Liberal Democrats in the constituency I live in. And I am friends with them. Mm. And it seems to me they have no convictions. They just want to be able to go to Westminster and, you know, rule over yep. us. They're, they're just power freaks. 
Great call, yeah. Ziggy. As always, thanks for making it and uh, spending your extra dime to get on our toll-free lines, because I don't think it's toll-free to uh, the international countries. 800-259-9231. That's going the extra mile to, uh, to uh, get in touch with Free Talk Live. Yeah, I suspect not. Um, you know, here, I was thinking, Mark, okay, so what could a sociopath, a sadist, specifically the sadists that are into using violence uh, over others, what could they do in the free marketplace? And I'm thinking blood sports, you know, like Ultimate Fighting Championship, that sort of thing. Of course, then they have a chance of getting beaten right, up themselves. They don't, they don't particularly like that idea, I would imagine. How about Exterminator? Like bugs? Bugs and that sort of thing? Well, you, you know, there's all kinds of pests out there. There's even mammal pests. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I guess they probably started by uh, by harming animals, right? Isn't that what they say? That, you know, the people that are kind of the sickos today started by killing little beasties when they were kids and, or torturing them, that sort of thing? They do say that. I, I know another one that people would like to pop in, but uh, I, I have never experienced this personally. To me, they, they've all been uh, great people. But dentist. They could be a dentist? What? what? Uh, did you ever see The Little Shop of Horrors? Yes. Um, it, Steve Martin. Uh-huh. The I newer could be version. a dentist. Yeah. You know, the dentist was a sadist. Interesting. I don't know if you'd get too many customers. Because the, there's the sedation dentistry now where the, like it's all touchy-feely and you go in and you get... <laughs> drugged up and they you don't even know that it's dental work being done to you people some people are into that yeah i'm not very interested in that no me neither i hey. i i've been put under like that one time for an operation on my nose to have my deviated septum straightened out and the insides carved out and all that stuff that was not a feeling i enjoyed let's continue with the international calls go to winnipeg and talk to john john you're on free talk live with the Anna mark gentlemen how's it going hey great what's on your mind well i was just listening to what you're talking about there and uh you know yeah, all these things are easy to answer. It's just, uh, you know, you got to understand what a free market is. Um, you know, a free, your notions of free market are, are global, are tyranny. You know, you, have, you, to, talking you have, about? To have justice. You have huh? to have a fair market to, to call it a fair market. I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, if you're, if you're, if you've got a store and a guy across the street's got a store and he's got slave labor and he puts guns to their head to get back to work, you're going to lose in the competitive marketplace. You know, you, you well, have no they, idea. They know, no international John, law. I'm sorry, You're sir. right, John. But if you put a gun to somebody's head, you've threatened them, and then people can use force and violence against you. That's correct. I in mean, the, I'm, uh, I'm justified in coming in and trying to rescue someone no, who's no, I know, being I, held slave. Right. You're missing exactly. You're missing my point. If you say there's no, no you don't have a rule, if you, if you say there's no rules to chew, to trade with China, for example. How, how are you going to convince the Chinese people to rise up against a, a totalitarian state? But That's not my business. I would, give, I would give them a beacon of liberty to look at, to right, see what okay. it's like to live free. And I would give them the opportunity. Do you, I mean, besides well, Mexico, you understand that China is um, one of the larger amounts, uh, the larger uh, uh, percentage of people that come to immigrate to the United States mm-hmm. legally and illegally, right? Yeah, well, there's lots of money to be made in having slave labor, so that's the that's the not in the free market, sir. Criminal. John, wait, you don't get let, it, do you? Let somebody talk for a second here. You've been talking. Now I'm going to make a point about the free market and how you just don't understand it. In the free marketplace, people are free to associate with whom they want to. Why would anyone want to go and work as a slave in the free marketplace? A business like that just wouldn't exist. I mean, only in your fantasy, John, could that possibly exist. Not in a laissez-faire economy. Okay, well, whatever. You need laws to defend ourselves. No, you don't. All you need is natural law, and that is you don't harm others. If you do harm others, as Mark was saying, then you've given up your rights, and you can be taken into custody, and you can be prosecuted for that. Well, okay. Well, here's an example. You were talking about sadists, right? People who enjoy hurting others. Like, there's countless examples that we have uh, through this military affair. Uh, There's Lieutenant Denton, for example. He's talked about how much he enjoys 
uh, blowing people up with uh, high-caliber weaponry. What's your point? Well, are you still there? Yeah, what's your point? He says, he says specifically it's because he can't be arrested for it. He's, he's, he's given the argument Yeah, say, that's because he wait, works wait. for the government, John. No, Thanks for well, the call. If you work for the government, he's right. You can't get arrested. You're pretty much insulated from any sort of punishment for doing sick things. That's why I want to change that, and that's why the marketplace is the solution. Because then sickos like that won't have their government protection anymore. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got features like a wiki with over 1,500 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive there. It's wiki.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use the code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Before we continue with the calls, I want to take uh, a moment to address something that the last caller mentioned, but sort of we glossed over and we didn't really address it, and I think it it deserves talking about. Uh, The last guy on the phone, John in Winnipeg, clearly showed that he didn't understand what a free marketplace is, but he called started the call by saying that we didn't understand what a free marketplace is, and then he spun what he was saying into, well, you need to have a fair market, and you need to have, you know, if you're going to have a free market, well, you have to have a fair market. He said and, in order to have freedom, you must have justice, and I think that, you know, I think, you're, I think he's right, but I think oh, that... Oh, I absolutely agree with having justice. But what he was talking about was this concept of a fair market, and his suggestion was that we need government in order to ensure that the marketplace will be fair. As though otherwise, it's ever um, ever done that. Right. As otherwise, What the government does is what the government always does. It rewards its friends and punishes its enemies. Right. It's, and likely, John, you will never be its friend. Yes. John's essentially a utopian, uh, except in, of the government order, because he believes that in order for the marketplace to operate on a fair basis, there needs to be some all-knowing government bureauc- uh, bureaucrat or si- um, series of bureaucrats out there mm-hmm. uh, in order to determine what is and what is not fair. But that's ludicrous. I mean, it doesn't take long to examine that concept to figure out how asinine it is. What are you talking about? These government bureaucrats aren't imbued with some special fairness ability that, you know, they know what's fair, but the rest of us little people don't? And that, likely they're not, you know, even if they did know what was fair, the evidence is is that the, the people that get in government are going to do, um, are going to reward themselves. You know, they're going to do what, the things that are beneficial to them sure. in their jobs. And they're going to, exactly. you know, they're going to cover it up and hide it, but you're not going to get fairness out of the government. Right. Now, um, but I, I want to address something about what he said also. So is let's suppose for a second uh, that, you know, because he had said that, uh, you know, uh, freedom can't compete against uh, a free market can't compete against slave labor in China. Mm -hmm. Now, let's assume for a second there isn't slave labor in the United States, which there absolutely is. Um, Convicts, convicts are employed doing all kinds of free market stuff here in the United States. What do I think about that? I don't know. I think it's a little weird. Um, I think we could go a long way in solving that by legalizing drugs. 
Okay, let's assume that all labor in China is uh, slave labor, even though only very little is, and probably not much compared to the the slave labor we have here in the United States. It's probably similar, it, it, but let's pro- assume that they're all slaves. Let's let's say there's one completely free market in the world called the United States, and there's a completely slave-like market in the world called China. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is an imaginary world. How does the free market compete against slave labor in China? It's going to compete in a lot of different ways. For one, they have what they call, uh, you know, uh, uh, they, they have this coffee, the free uh, fair trade coffee or whatever. Yeah. Uh, people pay Starbucks more. Or whatever. Uh, people pay more for their coffee in order to, uh, you know, uh, give a fair wage to the people that grow coffee in South America. You mean people don't like slavery? They don't. Like when given the choice between supporting slavery and supporting somebody that might cost a little bit more, they'll choose supporting the free people? Some will, and that's a very small percentage of the amount of coffee that's sold. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Let's say it's 10%. That might even be um, optimistic. I certainly don't know. But um, you know, when, when the campaign rises up uh, here in the United States, it could get bigger and bigger. Right yeah. now, currently, um, the whole idea of fair trade coffee is kind of silly because you're just throwing off the, the, the pricing mechanism down there. Um, but when you're talking about real slave labor, I think people would really step up. Yeah. Um, that's that's just one way that the market can uh, can get into play. Also, um, if you don't have all the unions and all the regulations and all those other things here in this free market, the United States, which we currently do, it won't cost $30 an hour to employ someone to make T-shirts or mm-hmm. tennis shoes or whatever. People will be able to come to this country to enjoy the free market, and they'll They'll start on uh, you know with lower wages. Will that affect all of us? No. You'll still get whatever you're getting paid. It doesn't affect you. Those other people will live elsewhere, and they will get paid less. Here's another aspect to the the whole issue of slave labor versus paying for things. Um, if you look at the examples of how upset some Americans get, and wrongfully so, but how upset they get regardless of what they call sweatshops in these other countries. Right. Um, they and are, I've been, I, I've spoken in defense of uh, sweatshops many times. And I show. will too, because they're not, they're not a bad thing. They're getting people out of the agrarian society, moving them into the industrial age, and they're choosing on a voluntary basis to work there. They're getting paid um, more than they could possibly make out on the farm. So it's a, it's a, it's an obvious benefit for those folks. That's why they're engaging in that process. But my point here is that. The people that are against sweatshops, they get a lot of mileage out of being anti-sweatshop, and they get a lot of attention, and, and, and they, you know, they try to bring attention to companies that they think have these sweatshops. Imagine how much more attention they would get if the companies they were targeting were actually enslaving people. You know, instead of Nike shoes paying, you know, pennies on the dollar to make their shoes, they were paying nothing and forcing all their slaves to live in the company barracks or, you know, whatever the situation would be and mm-hmm. how awful it would be. And when when a company is accused of being a sweatshop operator, they can go and they can show the world. They can say, look, here's our working, here are our working conditions. Here's what they're getting paid. Here's what their pay is like compared to other people that live in the area. Here's what their pay is like compared to working on the farm. And they can show that, look, this is actually a good deal for these people how would they do that with slavery that's indefensible it, it, I, I don't know how they would and do so it. there would be business there i think there would be severe business ostracism if a company were to engage in enslaving a people in order to make a product i wouldn't buy their product at all i'm happy to support chinese and pakistani and you know indonesian or whatever these uh, foreign products are right. because increasing... i know that it's giving jobs to people and getting them out of this you know piss poor agrarian society that they used to live in 
Yeah, I mean, you know, that's absolutely. Those those people were basically living in the Stone Age, and now they have factories to work in. Are the conditions less than they are here in the United States? Absolutely. Sure. If they built the factories up to, you know, the United States standards and then shipped, them, um, shipped the shoes across the ocean, it wouldn't be worth shipping them. It cost us more. Yeah. It, it, then, so they wouldn't have the jobs, so the factory wouldn't get built there. So what you're doing when you say, oh, the sweatshop's in China, I won't buy from there. Mm-hmm. You're sentencing those people to life in the Stone Age. Right. When I buy Wake that up. T-shirt, when I buy a T-shirt that's made in another country, part of my money goes to the sales clerk here in America that sold it to me. Part of my money goes to the management of the store. Part of my money goes to the stock person. That, you know, all these Americans that have jobs selling me that foreign-made product. So it's not like that money's only going overseas. Right. Part of the money went to the Americans that, you know, brought the uh, the products A in. A small from percentage the, of it, by the way, went to the factory that produced it. From the port, right. And then some of the money goes to some people that probably really needed it in these other countries. I don't feel bad for a moment. But if I found out that a, a company was manufacturing its products with slave labor, never again would I use their products, and I would actively boycott them. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and I imagine Mark that I wouldn't be the only one. Let's continue with your phone calls. Bring up anything. It's Steve in Colorado. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? Super. What's on your mind? Well, I want to cut straight to the chase. Do, um, do you think that Ron Paul should uh, actively alienate his nine uh, eleven truther uh, supporters? I don't think any more you, you, than he, any more than he has. No. Okay. Um, and the reason why I'm asking is because I'm I'm actually running here, and I'm running as a third party candidate in Colorado mm-hmm. and uh, for U.S. House. And I I just I you know these 9/11 truthers have uh, besmirched the Ron Paul campaign. I I think so, but I kind of kept that under wraps. You know, I didn't I didn't really say anything about it. And then I heard you guys saying pretty much the same thing that I've been thinking the other night, and I thought, you know, maybe I should publicly alienate them just you know, call them nuts or something like that. I, I, I don't know if that would be a, maybe I should. I think that you should be more tactful. I think that you should be more tactful. I mean, we can get away with poking fun and being a little nasty on the show because it's, 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 right, it's exactly, a radio yeah. show. But in, uh, right. in the world of politics and certainly in the real world where uh, people's feelings can be hurt and that sort of thing and it matters, uh, then I think that you need to be a little more tactful. Let's talk about it uh, come back with that here in moments. Hang on, dude. 800-259-9231. What is the appropriate way? I mean, all radio theatrics aside, what's the appropriate way to address these 9-11 truthers and the conspiracy theories in the real world without trying your best to not hurt their feelings? It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live. We only have moments remaining, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com where the features are completely free. If you like the show and you want to help us out a bit and maybe look good at the same time, go shopping at the Free Talk Live store. Store Store.freetalklive.com is how you get there. You'll find all kinds of great merchandise uh, and it's got our, a lot of it has our logo on it, but there are even some things like the free marketeer flag and T-shirt that don't. Uh, we just think you'll find them pretty cool, so that's why we're offering them. Go to store.freetalklive.com. But what's even cooler than some of our great merchandise is the fact that if you buy a Free Talk Live T-shirt between now and the end of the year, and you can buy other stuff too, obviously, but if your order includes a Free Talk Live T-shirt or the free marketeer T-shirt, any one of our regular shirts, we'll send $10 to the Ron Paul campaign. So from now to the end of the year, as long as your order includes a T-shirt, 10 bucks of the order 
basically the shipping cost, is going to be donated by our store manager to the Ron Paul campaign. Pretty cool. little extra incentive for you to get over uh, to the Free Talk Live store and order some stuff. So head on over to store.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to the phones and back to Steve in Colorado. Steve, who uh, is telling us that he's going to be running as a third-party candidate for, what is it, State House, or what are you running for? Uh, U.S. House. Um, and I did have something. I, I, uh, today I was driving and I was listening to the podcast, and Mark said that, uh, or Manwich, as I call him. <laughs> it uh, been a long time. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, or Meatball, as my wife calls you. <laughs> um, said that... Uh, the the agenda of these guys seems to be that they are interested in regaling us with tales of the conspiracy, not you know, and not really doing anything about it. And and I thought about this, and I thought, you know, if I, what would I do if I really believed that the government brought those buildings down? And and it occurred to me that what I would do is I would save up every single dime and nickel that I had, and what I would do with that money is I would buy guns, ammunitions, and bomb-making parts, and I would get every single person that was like-minded, and I would launch a full-scale invasion of Washington. Hmm. I mean, seriously, if I... That's if if you believe that, and you do not, right? (laughs) I don't believe that. But if I sincerely believe that the government was behind 9-11, that's exactly what I would do, because at that point, we are at war with our own government. Hmm. Uh, but I don't believe that. I think that's just cuckoo. I think it's just the nuttiest right, thing right. in the world. I don't think they're that evil. I think they are that incompetent that they are responsible. You know, like they put themselves in the place of responsibility to protect us from things like what happened on 9 yeah, 11. And they drop really. the ball over and over again. But really, Mark, right. you, you and I both know. Of ineptitude. But, but you and I both know, Mark, that they only pretend to be responsible. The Supreme right. Court has ruled over and over again that there is no obligation on the part of the government to protect anybody. Just to right. point that out. Right, it's a conspiracy of ineptitude. But what I'm saying is that I'm questioning the sincerity of the 9-11 truthers. In other words, I'm saying that I, I don't believe that they really believe that stuff. If, if they really believed it, I think that they'd be packing ammo and, and bomb-making well, stuff and, and forming an army. I disagree with you, and I don't know what those sound effects are in the background. It sounds like uh, a parade that the 9-11 truthers are having on the uh, way to Washington. But I, I think that they absolutely believe it. I mean, they believe it to their core so heavily that they spend all of their time researching it. I mean, you hear them call up and they brag about all the research they do. I absolutely think mm-hmm. they, that they believe it. It's just that they believe it so much that they've been frightened into inaction. They don't think that there's anything they oh, can okay. do about well, it. That, that could be, yeah. They, right, they, okay. are, they don't want to die. They don't want to you know, lose their families and lose their lives livelihoods and lose their comforts they don't want to put anything on the line or risk anything that's why all they all you ever hear them do is call up radio shows and you know talk about their dvds that they like to watch now there to, to right. be fair there are the occasional ones that you'll see out like you know uh, there was one that went into the bill maher audience on his tv show and started shouting stuff then he's just being a jerk i mean that you know there are obviously right. instances some of, of them that. are willing to go out and be rude right but that's about as far as it goes <laughs> so you yeah. were asking the question earlier as a candidate how do you distance yourself from the right, exactly. truthers? And my yes. question for you before we talk before we talk about that is: Do you feel as though that there are some that have already, you know, shown an interest in your campaign, or are you just concerned for what might happen? Uh, you know, I think that with uh, knowing that uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, I, I wonder if Ron Paul's handlers or advisors or whatever uh, are thinking, "Golly, if we had only addressed this earlier, we we might have." Uh, you know, avoided all this, uh, you know, guilt by association. Of course, that's a logical fallacy, and you and I both know it, but that's what they're doing. They're trying to associate Ron Paul with these 9-11 truthers, 
And, uh, you, and you do, hold on before you go on. You do understand uh, that every candidate has their uh, the, has the thing that they're going to get attacked on. Rudy Giuliani married his uh, second cousin or whatever, and is right. dressed up in women's clothes. Hillary Clinton uh, allowed her husband uh, was basically a cuckold or the opposite of, um, you know, with her husband cheating on her. You know, like they all have this little thing that they're the other candidates are going to be able to go after. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't right. for the Ron Paul getting on some radio shows that uh, you know believed in nine eleven conspiracies or whatever. They'd find other things. It it doesn't really matter. I mean, this is that that's something they're going to go after. No big deal. I want them to go after it. I want Ron Paul to react the way that he has. He's done a fine job of fielding the question. To me, he has done a very good job. It's yeah. fine and dandy. You know, let him let the if that's the best that they can do. If that's the best that the competition can do, bring that on because well, it's something you know, he can that, address. That's actually that's actually I think possibly that that might be the very best way of addressing it. If if the uh, 9/11 truthers glom on to me and my campaign and then the media or my opponents say, "Hey, what about you? You're attracting all these 9/11 truthers." I could actually use that very line and say, "Listen, if that's the best you can do to try to, uh, you know, besmirch my campaign, then uh, you know you you obviously don't have very much on me. Better yet, borrow the borrow the the uh, the line that Ron Paul's using. I mean, he used it. Uh, he uses it, I think, with the 9/11 guys, and he used it with the the Stormfront, the white supremacists that they're throwing at him right now, because that's even worse mm-hmm. than the 9/11 thing, in my opinion. Uh, but he's that's basically true. saying that, look, if these guys want to support my candidacy, that's all that really counts is that they're supporting me. It doesn't mean that I know what their beliefs are. Look, I've got thousands of people that are supporting my candidacy. I couldn't possibly know who they. All are and what all their personal belief systems are. All I'm concerned with is whether or not they're going to vote for me. Right. So right. That, Hillary's, you know, that, Hillary's people believe that crazy 9/11 or that that crazy environmental uh, conspiracy crap. So I mean, what's the difference? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the point. I mean, if a Jew could, if a, if a Jewish person supports me, does that mean that I uh, I'm celebrating? Uh, uh, Rosh Hashanah or something like that. Certainly, it's it's the same thing. Um, so, and and if the, the the truthers want to get involved in your campaign actively and they want to go out and do things for you, then thing you know then things get a little stickier because they're going to probably go out and you know wave their 9/11 signs at the same time that they're supporting you. And obviously, that's something that's a situation you might not necessarily want to be associated with. In which right. case, man, how would you handle that? You you can't Boy, really know. control what your supporters do, so you just sort of have to let it happen. But you know uh-huh. you might want to just let it be known that you don't necessarily endorse their viewpoint. Um, you appreciate their support. You don't want to well, alienate try them. Try to tell them that now's not the time to hold the signs out because yeah. some people don't understand. Um, you yeah. know, and and yeah, they, right. they, they understand that. They understand that it's you know this isn't the time uh, in some cases and isn't the time to campaign for what it is they believe in and say yeah. you know first what we you know what we want to do is get me elected then we'll be looking into things like this. Yeah. So because right, wouldn't yeah. I mean wouldn't you like to know if in fact it was an inside job? I mean you believe it's not, but that's and that's a fine way to go into the investigation. But if you did, well, I certainly to, do. I certainly do believe that there needs to be another investigation. But I believe that they're going to find a conspiracy of ineptitude more than anything else. Right. Yeah. I, I would concur with that. And, but I think that most 9/11 truthers would take that. I think it's safer to just ignore them at this point until the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the you know the situation comes up, and then look at it and try to be as tactful as possible. There's no point in calling them names or being mean, but letting them know what your priorities are and what you find important, and if they want to help your campaign, what you're going to ask of them, and that is that they not go out and promote these things, and if. You know they don't want to. Um, if they don't want to listen to you, obviously there's nothing you can do about that. So you just, have right, to, you just sort of have to live with that. And if something happens, let us know and we'll uh, investigate further. Thanks for the call, dude, and good okay. luck. 
Thank you. 800-259-9231. We are short on time, but we go to Brad in New Hampshire on the AMP line. Hey, Brad. Good evening, men. Hey. What's on your mind tonight? <laughs> How you doing? Uh, my girlfriend's laughing at me. Um, I wanted to call in for two things. Uh, first thing is um, you guys were talking a couple couple shows ago about... Uh, Someone who was making racist posts on uh, your BBS, yeah, and how they uh, they they took their ball and went home and stopped their amp dollars. Um, yes, one of yes, one of them was doing it. He wasn't really a racist. He was just doing it because he wanted to make a point or something. Uh, well, in response to him, you know, getting rid of his amp dollars, I want to amp more because <laughs> uh, you know I don't like people who. Uh, who throw out those racist things. So if you could up my amp dollars from 10 to 15, you know, the marketplace at work. Thank you for that, Brad. Go ahead and just send me an email because I do all my amp stuff like on the weekend and I'll just process through it when I do everybody else's. That way I can remember to take care of that. Uh, What else, man? Oh, okay. Um, you guys got a call from uh, from a police officer uh, a couple weeks ago, and it's sort of been it's sort of been chewing at me and bothering me um, because of something he said. Um, it was a guy from Texas, and he was on he was actually on duty when he called in. I, yeah, you could hear the guy's radio. He said that he uh, he is aware of some of his um, some of his coworkers um, committing perjury in court and how they joke about it. You got about ten seconds. If you uh, want, you can certainly call back tomorrow or wrap it up right quick. Okay, well, I think he needs to do something about it. And uh, if I was aware of something like that, I would certainly, uh, I would certainly report it. That you know, convicting some. Very good. I wish. You, let's do. talk more about this. Call back tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. FreeTalkLive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.